severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hola señores señores, bienvenido a Just Get A Real Job con Jaime McKinley McKinley Καλώς ήρθατε κύριε Σικύρι στο Just Get A Real Job με τον Jamie McKinley Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Just Get A Real Job We have a bit of a special introduction today because I am with my very good friend and regular guest on the podcast it is leo elefariadis jamie it's actually pronounced elefariadis and you all can find me at hashtag let leo host thank you very much for having me here today yeah so basically me and leo have just wrapped on our first big professional job in the in uh, tv and film so me and leo were just worked as runners i was actually a covid supervisor as well but me and leo just like worked on a short film for the bfi together and yeah we wrapped so We have been in a cohort all weekend, so just to clarify, this is perfectly legal. We are not breaking any social distancing guideline laws or anything. But um, I'm with Leo right now, so I thought I hadn't done the intro for this week's podcast yet, and obviously I'm with Leo, so I thought we'll just let him come on the intro and and then introduce this week's episode. So how are you, how are you been, Leo? Did you enjoy being on the film? It was an amazing experience. I got to meet lots of interesting people that uh, I really enjoyed working with. And overall, I have to say it was a very positive, positive experience. I loved everyone. Even the actor was so nice to us. Yeah, it was such a good uh, environment. So we, we'd we been working like so much the last three days. We are both very, very tired. Yeah, we're kind of going on a wee bit maybe, but like it's been a very long weekend, but it was very fun. It was so nice to get to work with like a good friend. Like me and Leo basically were just like runners and... Yeah, it was so good to be on this project. So I'm hoping we can talk more about the film. We're not going to give the name away just now because it's still in production, but I'm hoping in later episodes I can maybe interview the director and and talk more about this film. But it was an amazing opportunity for me and Leo to sort of work on this. So really excited about that. Yes, uh, the film was indeed very interesting. And I think after reading the script, after day three, it was a story that needed to be told. It's very new and unique. And it's very nice to see finally women getting to be the protagonists of their own stories instead of remakes of all-male movies with all-female cast. Yeah, definitely. And for the listeners who have been asking for Leo to come back on the podcast, we have something planned soon. So we'll be doing a special episode with Leo in a few weeks, hopefully. And can I just say before I introduce today's episode as well, thanks to everyone for the continued support. It's been really nice to get new listeners on board. So if, if you're just listening to the podcast for the first time, welcome. If you're a regular listener, thanks for coming back and listening. Remember, as always, support the Patreon, support us on social media by sharing the podcast. All that stuff goes a long way in growing the podcast. But now it's time, without much further ado, to introduce this week's guest, who I was at university with and is a good friend of mine. It is the very, very talented Achaso Edsevaria Monreal, who was a very good friend of mine at my undergrad Queen Margaret. Did I say that name right, Leo? Uh, I don't speak Basque, but uh, with my limited Spanish knowledge, I think you pronounced it perfectly. Oh, well, I hope I pronounced your name right, Chasso. I apologize if I didn't. But yeah, Chasso is a good friend of mine from undergrad. I haven't actually seen a Chasso in real life for three years, so it was really nice to catch up with her. She is an actor, she's a performance artist, she's a TV presenter now as well. So she's done a lot of amazing creative things, and it was really, really good to catch up with her and chat. So I really hope you enjoy 
today's conversation. Liam, would you like to say goodbye to the listeners? Uh, yes, listeners, I will see you very soon uh, on my fight with Jamie and more to come. Enjoy this week's episode, folks. Hi, Achasso. How's it going? Nice to see you again. Hello. Yeah, very nice to see you, Jamie. It's been a long time. I know. It's been like nearly three years since I last saw you, but it's, it's, I'm glad you'd come on the podcast. It's great to have you on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was looking forward to this because... As you said, it's a good time to like catch up and like see what people like are up to after uni and all this stuff. So yeah. Yeah, no, it's great to have you. And you're a presenter now, so like you're gonna be keeping me right on this episode. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like life's been, I don't know, like quite crazy these last three years. And I ended up, yeah, I ended up becoming also like a TV presenter. So, it's so yeah. It's so funny. We, if we were in uni together, I don't think we'd ever thought that either of us would be presenting shows in a way. So that's quite funny. Never in my life. Like <laughs> Crazy the way, like when you're in uni, you see everything in a bubble, and yes. like you just cannot even imagine like how your future is gonna be like. And then suddenly you just like I don't know, opportunities kind of come up, or like you also yeah. like look for them. But because becoming a presenter was the most random thing like that happened to me. I was in lockdown and I was looking for a job for Danny, and then suddenly I saw this advert that they were looking for a person who was obviously a journalist, and obviously mm-hmm. I am not. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, okay, why not? Like I'm gonna apply yeah. for it. See what happens. And then suddenly the next day they were like, okay, we want a video of you doing this. Um, <laughs> and it to them and they were like, yeah, you're on. And I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck? That's amazing. <laughs> well, we're going to come on to that later on and hear sure, more yeah. about this job. But that's all. That's great. So, well, Achaso, how would you, how do you see yourself as a creative? Because I was speaking about this with Ellie earlier, who I just interviewed. So I know you're kind of an actor, but I would say you're more than that. You're like, a. would say you're kind of almost like a performance artist as well. <sighs> I don't know how to answer that question, but like, I think I always wanted to be an actress and I didn't see myself as anything else really. Mm-hmm. And that's what like I was aiming to become. And I, that's what I was like working as until like uh, now, because I, as soon as I finished uni, I like came back to Spain. And at the beginning, I wasn't really sure like if I staying here or coming back to Scotland, I was really thinking of like saving up money and then going back to Scotland and trying there. But yeah, I started working as, as an actress in this uh, company and we were, we were doing a few plays and it was great because it was, every play was different, some more physical, some more like to do with text. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, recently I was like, oh, I actually want to try more things because I don't just want to be an actress and be always just directed and, and have a role and just focus on the role. And I was like, I want to try more things. Actually, recently with me and a few friends that are in the creative industry, that we have all like kind of studied abroad and and came back home basically and we decided on like creating like a group where we are gonna like have room to like uh, investigate and just like play around and just yeah. like look for stuff without actually having the pressure of like having a an actual like performance or an actual like result that we have to like uh, get to to just play have fun investigate and see what happens because i always been into like performance art yeah. Like, not just, like, acting a role, no? Yeah, I would say, like, I don't know what I would, like, identify us, but, yeah. It's a difficult one. I was saying this again. I said this to both Carla and Ellie as well, because it's, like, for... So, basically, just for the podcast, when we put the episodes out, we have to sort of say the name, and then we sort of say the role, and it's so difficult, because we're all so creative, and everyone has does so many different things. So, it's really hard to pin down sometimes, but, yeah, I think... You definitely like you do a lot of interesting things so we're gonna have a good episode and plenty to talk about so we start every interview by sort of asking our guests like what's your earliest creative memories 
earliest creative memories. I think I always had the role of the funny one in like all my like in school, in like my yeah. group of friends, in like, and it was my time to kind of be special or feel special. So like, I remember I had a show when I was in like primary four or something that was called Magic Ichazo. <laughs> 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 but it wasn't like and I just like did it with my friends like when we went to like trips with school or whatever I would like put everyone and I would be on the stage and I would like pretend to do magic but it wasn't actually magic it was more like comedy so I was pretending I was a ma- magician but like I was a bad magician you know so like people would laugh at like how bad of a magician I was <laughs> so yeah and I think that that that's one of my earliest creative memories but also I remember I was a, a an altar girl Spain, Catholic, yeah. Spain, yeah. <laughs> my family, my parents are not, not Catholics, but like I, I was so attracted to the idea of the altar and like all that performance around it of like the priest oh, wow. and like, like the altar boys like dressed in white. So I told my mom, mom, I believe in God and I want to go to church every Sunday. And I used to have like the great, like the greatest time. Like it was Amazing. so good. Yeah. So it was the, the I think that was the the time I proper discovered theater and I proper like felt like I want to be on a stage. That's what I should be. Yeah. This is see the thing I love about doing this podcast is even though when I'm interviewing people like friends and people I know, you get to find out all this stuff you didn't know about. But I don't. <laughs> it's so it's so fun for that. But that, that's interesting. Well, the next my next question is, and I'm interested in this one. Is we sort of ask our guests like how where they're from has sort of influenced their creativity and and their journey as a sort of artist and stuff. So obviously you you're sort of you're you're Basque and obviously in Spain it's a bit like Scotland in the sense that like there's a sort of big movement to sort of have their own culture and own identity and and sort of separate from Spain and stuff. So how how's grown up in like that part of Spain like affected you? I think for me rather than the fact that I'm Basque and how being Basque has influenced me on my creative ideas and all that. I think actually like living in the village that I live that's what has influenced me as an artist the most because yeah. like I live in a little village called Echauri and and there is a theater uh, like one of the most if not the most important uh, theater director of my region lives in in my village oh, wow. so yeah so I was really lucky because the theater space where he rehearsed was here and we were basically neighbors so from a very early age since I just started having this interest for like theater like he would invite me to like, uh, I don't know, the warm ups with these big actors and actresses that are now like very successful. So I would be with them with like when I was like seven, six years old. And it's quite crazy because from my village, like we are, it's a really small village, like 600 people. And like there is a girl like in the Danish Royal Ballet. Yeah, there is another girl that went to dance in Salzburg. There is a boy and a girl like studying like in like, uh, the biggest, like the most important theatre school of Spain. There is a lot of people that have actually chosen that path. And I think it's because of him. Because, wow. yeah, and like that's the company I work for now. But like I started with them since a very like young age, like performing and like kind of building this love for theatre. And I think if I wasn't from here, yeah, I don't know, if I wasn't born in here, then I wouldn't have, like, perhaps ended up in, like, this industry, mm-hmm. so I think that has affected me a lot, like, that has been a big influence. No, that's, that's really interesting, that's such a high proportion of people from, like, what did you say, 600 people in this village? Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable, and more, Jamie, like, see the, the villages around, like, there is lots of young people who come to Echauri, like, every summer for the courses that he, like, does, because he does courses, like, all over Navarra, 
but like and there is like boys like performing all around like from other like villages and lots of people have chosen like that path and huh. it's definitely because of him yeah that's that's really interesting well maybe maybe there'll be lots of celebrities in the future from all from your village including you we'll be like where did they <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know if we would become that much of a like a word of, of a like celebrity but more like i don't know like as long as i end up like uh, earning a living absolutely no absolutely I've, of course and, and that's something we keep talking about a lot on this podcast is like we a lot of you know all of us artists we don't we don't care about fame we just want to earn a living doing what we love and hopefully we can exactly yeah yeah no that well i'm really excited for this question so i'm really excited to hear this but like we ask our guests like do you have a favorite word or phrase from where you're from well me between me and my friends we call each other chiki <laughs> which is like little like little but we use it in a word of like uh, as um like something like you would call a friend like but, but like it's kind of as if the word would hug you yeah, yeah? Like, chiki okay. it's like like, I, I kind of get what you mean. It's almost like, I don't know, like kind of like cute or something. If, if that yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we are like, it's like, oh, cheeky or I don't know, between our friends. It's just when like, it's a very affectionate word because. Yeah, I like it. With you, like, I don't know, Basque people are kind of like the Scottish in like, I don't know, like we are very like cold. Like, for example, I don't know if you were interviewing Carla, Carla is like much more like uh, warm and her family are more like, uh, like huggy and like more like they would see each other like, I love you like so much more. Like the Basque country people are not as warm. Like the, the image you have of Spanish people of like very huggy and very like touchy or whatever. Like perhaps I was like seen that way in uni, I don't know, but like, I don't know. You're pretty, I'd say you're. I'd say you're pretty friendly, to be honest. I've never yeah. found you cold. I would say I'm, I'm definitely friendly, but like yeah. uh, I'm not. I wouldn't say I love you that much. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get. I, people, I, yeah. So that's a word that would like uh, show that kind of affection, or, or the kind of love, without actually saying I love you. Yeah. So. Oh, that's good. Well, this is. Like, I'm going to be a bit cheeky, right? And because you lived in Scotland. I'm going to ask you for a Scottish word as well. <laughs> Are there any Scottish words you really like? And you've been get, dating Danny for years, so you've surely picked up one of his funny words or something. Uh, I don't know. I'm actually holding a mug that says, look, sassy lassie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I always say, I always say, feliz. But that always throws me off because he says that fe is from five. Yeah, it is from five, yeah. So well, I, I pronounce it wrong. So how would you say it? Sassy lassie? Feliz. Feliz. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Well, you know what? We're taking that. We're having that one. It's staying on. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Ajazo, in 2014, and, and this is how I obviously know you, but uh, you got a scholarship to go to Queen Margaret University and study uh, drama and performance. So how did that come about? Yeah, when I finished like high school, then I went I, I went to England for a year to study English. And then I, I, I found I, out... I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I went to England for a year first to just study English because I actually had a space in a, in a theatre uni here in Spain. So, so I wasn't planning on staying there. But then I, I found out that in Scotland, like it was obviously free for Europeans to study. And I visited Edinburgh and I, I loved that. It. it was a great place. And I visited the uni and everything and I really liked that. And I was like, why not? You know, it's like, I don't know, a different place. But obviously I needed a scholarship because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to pay for it. Like the, even if the tuitions were free, like I wouldn't have been able to like pay my accommodation and my living expenses and all that so yeah so I um, I went to the, the audition for the scholarship where like they looked at like so much of my stuff like 
my like previous curriculum, my mark from like high school, like A levels and all these. Mm-hmm. Like obviously the audition, like an interview was like quite like stressful. And I actually didn't even find out that like I was going to Scotland until the 16th of August. Wow. Yeah, and I was going to Scotland on the 9th of September. So I had been the whole summer preparing for this audition. And on the 16th of, of August, when they told me, yeah, you're actually going, I was like, fuck it. Just leave me 15 days. I don't want to hear anything about yeah. Scotland, about me living. I just want to like get drunk and like enjoy my summer. And then I arrived in Scotland on the 9th of September. And I was like, fuck my life. <laughs> I'm actually here for four days, like for four years. Yeah. And like, I'm going to live with these random people. I arrived to Scotland with the worst hangover ever because I was going to start like a treatment and I wasn't able to drink alcohol for like a full year. So oh, my first yes, full I year. Remember, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. We actually did a party, don't you remember? It just means alcohol again. Yeah, yeah, of course. This is like proper nostalgia. I can't believe this is like six, seven years ago now. It's insane. It is, yeah. And I was like, obviously in Scotland with this, the worst hangover of my life, like suddenly, like I had no food, no sheets, nothing. I got like a starter pack with like some noodles (laughs) that I haven't tried in my fucking life. And I didn't even know how to cook them. And suddenly I got a knock on the door and like Sally and like Ben and Paul. And like, oh my God, all these people on the door. Like, oh my God, I forgot his name right now. Tom. Tom, exactly. Tom on the door, Daniel. And I was like, fuck my life. And they were all like, hello, you're weird. Yeah. Uh, it and I was like oh my god and then Sally I remember Sally like teaching me how to cook the noodles and then obviously the first year like my f- the first fucking semester was awful because I didn't understand anything it was such a like a really different way of like studying like in, in Spain like it's all like very book based and very like exams and lots of things and in Scotland you actually I much prefer it eh, the way they do it yeah. in Scotland they was more like about like critical theory and like reading loads and like kind of like building your own ideas and all that but do you remember Steve Kramer like I love Steve Kramer I absolutely love Steve Kramer I'm watching a documentary by Adam Curtis at the moment and it's the same it's a new documentary but like the first time I discovered Adam Curtis was Steve Kramer he was such an interesting guy honestly shout out to him yeah like I, I I loved him like I was like I think he was like the best teacher I had in QMU but like the first few classes guy massive guy with like a really thick Australian accent like talking yeah. for three hours, no <laughs> yeah, PowerPoint, yeah. nothing. <laughs> I remember. Critical theory, British theatre, which yeah. I haven't like studied in my fucking life. And I was, I, I remember the first class, I, I was crying and I told Ben and Sally, come on, you two, like sit with me and like explain me what actually happened in that class because I've not got a clue. But then it was great. But then I, I kind of like, the second semester was better, then I met more people that I got along with. I started doing like different projects outside uni. I started getting into it. And then it was actually great. I didn't want to leave. I, I, I'm living in Spain right now. But like when I left Scotland, I wasn't planning on to. It was just because I obviously ran out of the scholarship. And I, yeah, um, yeah but. I'm just mm. getting all nostalgic for Queen Wagner now. I'm like, oh my I God, know. I remember that flat. I was like, what was it? Was it D1 or something? What, what, what was the number again? I can't even remember. It was, yeah, I think it was block D and, and D3 was, or something, D4. wasn't it? Was it D3 or D4? I think it was D4, wasn't it? D4, could be, could be. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was like a bottom floor. Like Yeah, I remember it. I know. Floor. 
I'm gonna quickly I'm gonna quickly give Paul a shout out because he's a patron of this podcast. He listens every week. He doesn't even he's not even in the arts anymore. And he listens to me talk every week. So I'm gonna give you a spec that you'd finally had a shout out after 20 odd episodes. All right, you're welcome, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you got mentioned, Paul. I know so he'll, get, he'll get upset if I don't acknowledge him now. So I feel like I should. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember, yeah. So when you were at Queen Margaret Chassa, you did a lot of things. You were very involved in like the theatre company there and doing a lot of projects. So you were in Cobweb, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I think I got involved in like everything I could, like, because as I told you, like, obviously, like I had the pressure of having a scholarship and I felt like I had to give something back. You know, I had to take advantage of this opportunity that like hardly like no one like yet in Spain. So I was like, I need to, you know, like make the most of it. So yeah, I tried to get involved in, in everything. I was, yeah, I was in Cobweb. I remember the first play we did in Cobweb. Because obviously, like I, I wasn't, I didn't speak English like that well. I got given like the role of a of a granny for the in the first play, and I loved it. I really loved it, and it was all very physical, but it was really funny. But then Cobweb disappeared, really. So yeah. no one wants to take kind of like the like the how do you call it? Like, like take take the lead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take the lead. So. So it disappeared, but yeah, I was involved in as many things as I could. No, I, well, I was actually having to think back to some of the plays you were in because I saw a lot, quite a few. And one of my most memorable ones, and I think this was a great, I really enjoyed this. It was Midsummer Night's Dream in the, the outdoor one you did with Kate Nelson and all that. Yeah, that was great. That was like, that was great because it was directed by Kate Nelson. And that, that was all, it was different because she was, she's obviously like a professional director. And for me, it was such a great opportunity to like be performing Shakespeare when like there were 25 people in the cast and I was the only international one. Yeah. They actually hired like, a, I don't know, like an actor's coach or whatever you call it to teach me how to pronounce certain words in English correctly. Uh, really? Just for me. She hired a, a, a teacher or a couch or coach, not coach. Yeah. A voice, <laughs> like, a, like a voice coach, basically. Yeah, yeah, like to like, for like pronouncing words correctly in English on, or like in Shakespearean English, because obviously like it was very hard. But it was really fun because I had Jack's, so it was like Jacquez or whatever, yeah. So it was really fun because it was very enjoyable, like kind of like, obviously it was like very like funny and they integrated the whole like being Spanish into it. So I was, yeah. I didn't have that pressure. It was performed outside with 25 people in like these beautiful gardens. It's so, so, it was, it was so beautiful. Enjoyed. Such a nice set. Yeah, really enjoyed that. I remember mm-hmm. you had really, you had a really physical performance as well because you had to do a lot of quite like movement and stuff, didn't you? Yeah, I think when I always been into dance and into like movement and all these things. And also like, I think the fact that, that I was Spanish and obviously like my pronunciation of the words and that, it wasn't as like, well, I had an accent. So that is also a limitation, unfortunately, yeah? in mm-hmm. theater because if you want a character that is English or is Scottish and like obviously you want a person that fits that role no so you want the accent that look that certain yeah so in my case in in some ways became a limitation I was given roles that would match like the foreigner or the and many times they were very physical roles yeah. where the words weren't as important as perhaps like the movement and gave me a, um, a very good opportunity to kind of like explore my body and, and, and like the, yeah, the movement that it was within me and yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's kind of why I'm at the start, I sort of mentioned like I, I kind of see you as a performance artist as well because you are a very like, 
unconventional actor in a lot of ways and in a good way I mean as well because you'd really play with movement in a lot of your performances and it's very like un, it's like you know performance theater and you're sort of playing with conventions of theater like in some of the shows I've seen you in which is great yeah it's because like I feel like sometimes for me the way your body uh, moves expresses more than actual words yeah like sometimes I'm saying whenever I've got text or whatever I'm saying words like those words don't actually like mean so much however if I'm if I need to express that with my body I feel more connected to that and I feel that it's yeah. more honest in a way no I get what you mean that's how I feel it, you know? yeah no it's, it's interesting yeah it's good you were in um, another play which I actually have a, I hope you're in this and I've not made a mistake I know Danny was <laughs> you were definitely in it actually I'm positive you're that was the pornography one right Yes, oh my god. Just yes. to clarify, this wasn't pornography. The play was called Pornography and <laughs> about the, the, the London terror attacks. And it was a very, very good play, actually. Well, there were a few sexual like, scenes, though. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was of, it was a bit of porn, but not yeah. that kind of porn. <laughs> no, but yeah, you were in that. And, and the, Like a Prayer was the song, wasn't it? Madonna. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, I, can't, I can't listen to that song without thinking of that play and about your performance in it. Genuinely, like that song reminds me of that entire year, actually. Yeah, when I think of that, I, when I in the parties, don't you remember when we used to play mm. that song? You used to always love it, and I used to always love it. And I, I, yeah. I remind you. Yeah, yeah. I, I always like that song. Yeah. yeah. actually quite like harsh as well because he, he dealt with a lot of like I don't know heavy topics like I remember I had to do a scene with Danny which is obviously my partner so and it was a rape scene so yeah, fuck it out this it is was, flashing back was, now fuck me it was it was difficult because it was it was harsh because I I actually really like I was able to get into that character and like I think Danny got into it quite a lot too and it, it felt quite violent, like, and thank fuck we, we had, like, a lot of trust within each other and all that. But I remember uh, Danny's mom went to watch it, and she, she was, she hated it. She was like, oh, my God, don't ever bring me back to a play if you are actually oh, performing a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I suppose it's all for the craft. It's all for the art, but... Um, it's all for the art, uh, definitely. Wait, Charles, you graduated from Queen Margaret at the same time as me, 2018, which is insane yes. looking back, uh, with a first as well. So you actually, which is amazing. So well done for that. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah. you went, you went, moved home and you sort of went straight into sort of trying to, you know, work in, in the industry, I guess, because you were started doing performances for this the theatre company you mentioned before. Actually, like, I didn't want to leave Scotland, but obviously, like, I did lots of auditions in Scotland and, like, I didn't really get into... Because I used to work in Bohemia and mm-hmm. I was an entertainer. So that was... Remember that was... The, El- the Elvis costume I once had to lend you. Exactly! <laughs> your Elvis costume. Oh, my God. I performed Elvis with your costume in Bohemia and it was great. I remember I used to love performing, like, male characters because it was so much more fun and so much more, like, kind of, like, relaxed. I, for me, like, they would put, like, these really sexy costumes, but co- the women were constantly in these really sexy costumes. And sometimes it's great, you know, to feel sexy and whatever. 
And like sometimes it's good to like just put like a monk costume and just be stupid. And then I don't, I'm not saying like men are stupid. No, I know what you mean. No, I got what you meant. I was laughing. It was kind of more relaxed. And like I, I remember I was doing my dissertation to do with like femininity and masculinity and all these. And it was about like body hair removal and all these. And I remember it was. Well, I mean, I'm not answering your question, but I'm going to explain this. No, don't worry. No, you're okay. I, I'm enjoying this tangent. So keep going. <laughs> because like, uh, I remember since I was doing my dissertation to do with body hair removal, I left all my body hair like kind of grow. And because I was working in Bohemia, and as I said, so many times like women were portrayed as like very like feminine and sexy, but like kind of like feminine in the concept of like kind of like very normative, like not, yeah, you know what I, I mean? I know what like, you mean, like stereot- yeah. stereotypical sort of like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I remember like when I left my hair growing, I got given lots of male roles to justify that I had body hair. But then it was very interesting because it's outrageous. But like at the same time, like it was very interesting because it was very useful for my dissertation. And and I also like felt that like by being given that chance of like just playing male roles, I kind of like explore my masculine side quite a lot just like feeling more relaxed and less aware of like how my body looked and the way I moved and the way I acted and the way I spoke to people and having to like smile less and I could be more like uh, cocky and you know what I mean and it was really interesting to explore that and I it was really interesting to use it after in my dissertation too that's uh, that's really interesting I'd obviously hadn't spoken to you about that before so that that is actually really interesting yeah Oh, good good content for us there thank you <laughs> and like going back to the question that you asked is because like i was obviously working in bohemia as an entertainer but it was just the weekend so i didn't have enough money to pay rent and all these things and since i told you that i didn't have the scholarship i had two options one like get a shitty job like as a waitress or whatever and as i have done i've done before but like or actually go back to spain and without the pressure of having to pay rent go back to my yeah. parents house which was obviously also quite shitty but it was i don't know mm. an option and yeah. then try to just perform and and without having the pressure of having to like you know have bills to pay yeah so i chose that option of like coming back home not actually wanting to leave scotland but it was kind just of sort like of- what you had to yeah, do the option that I saw you was yeah no before like you sort of go on to talk about that more Chaz I just I think it's important because a lot of our listeners are, are emerging creatives as well and they're at the same point as us or maybe even earlier in their career as in, in the creative industry so I think it's really important for them to hear people like you being so open and honest about that because it is really difficult when you finish uni and like you either have to move home or you have to get a sort of real job as we mock on the podcast like you know, it is difficult, but like, there's no shame in moving home with your mom and dad because it, it does make economic sense. And like, if that gives you the chance to pursue your art, I think that's totally fine. And I do understand why people get really worried about that, but I don't think there's any shame in it at all. Yeah, as you said, like, it's kind of priorities. Like, obviously, like, no one wants to spend, like, I mean, I left home and I've been living on my own since I was 17. When I graduated, I think I was 23. And obviously, like, the last thing I wanted was going back to my parents. But it was like, just for priorities, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you either get that job that is going to pay the bills, but then you're going to get stuck with that job and like not actually have real time to do things that you like and to try and actually like make a living out of the art. Or you can go back home, live with your parents. And thank fuck, like I've got a really good relationship with my parents. I mean, perhaps it's not like, some people may not have that kind of relationship. Of course, so it's a bit harder, no? But yeah. if you have a good relationship with your parents, like I would, I wouldn't see that as not being successful or as like going back to to zero or like 
I don't know, going backwards. No, it's just like exactly priorities. If I wanted to try something to do with the arts, I needed like no pressure and like no, no bills to pay, no, no rent to pay, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to, like now I live on my own and now I'm able to, to have more stability. Yeah. But um, it took me the years. No, but that's good. And like it is a, it's very much about patience, this industry as well. And it, as you say, prior, priorities is a very good word to use. Hello, it's Jamie and Elliot here. I hope you're enjoying today's episode of Just Get A Real Job. I just wanted to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. So please, if you can, share us on social media, tell your friends and family to listen. You can also support us by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your help. So anything you can do to help us grow this project is very much appreciated. We do appreciate your support as always. And if you would like to contribute or donate to our podcast, we also have a Patreon page where you could donate as little as much much as you wish you can access this by going to www.patreon.com slash just get a real job so thank you very much again for all your support and you can also find a link to the patreon page in the show notes but anyway now back to today's show but anyway so you're in you're back in you're back home now and you're you're working for this theater company so like what you did free plays with them didn't you and you got like paid to do them as well yeah yeah like i was really lucky because obviously i went back home and like the company that I mentioned before, that director that is quite famous here and that is got the base here in Echauri where I live, I came back and I told him here, I don't want you to pay me. I don't want you to do anything. I just want to create something. I want us to just do something creative because I'm here. And right now I don't have the pressure of, of having to pay anything, but I want to, to try new things. Yeah. And he was like, okay, I've got this play actually that I've written like a year ago. And it was a play of a girl, like a little girl who was 10 years old, 10, 11 years old. And it was in the process of, of obviously like going from childhood to like teenager like years, no? And it, it deals with all these things that obviously happen in those years where like you get boobs, you get your period, you start like falling in love yeah. with people, discovering like your sexuality, your identity, who you are, all these things. And they are difficult years, no? And like sometimes yeah. like we don't talk enough about those things. Like period talking is like a very like taboo thing. Of course. Like, so he like obviously like uh, told me like this is a play I brought. I don't know if you like it. And I loved that because I thought it was great. And he was like, and if you want, we can do like a physical piece where we are going to do mask work. So he created oh, wow. from scratch, yeah, like some masks out of paper. Oh, wow. Because he, yeah, he studied fine art. So he's a great artist and he created these amazing masks. We were two people on stage and obviously we would change characters. So we would put the mask on and be a character. And like, we would have to express everything with our bodies because our face was obviously removed. So it was such a great play because we had to record all the first, all the audio, like on an actual like recording studio and all that. And then we did the physical part of it. So I loved it. I loved it. So that was the first play that I did. And then it actually got successful. And, and uh, we got into like a network that receives money from the government. So lots of uh, schools. Yeah. hired the play for little money so we've been performing for the last three years and we translated it to basque because it was originally in spanish we translated it to basque and now we are doing the english uh, translation and danny is actually like yeah. uh, coming on board and i'm gonna play the other character well the other 14 characters because i'm i'm the protagonist so i i only 
put and take off the mask, but one mask, but Danny will have to take off like yeah. almost 14 masks. So That's amazing. Just so the listeners know, right, just for context, Danny is a Chasso's boyfriend and Danny's also like a very good friend of mine from uh, uni and he did the theatre and film course with me. And uh, he has not really done a lot of creative stuff, so it's great to hear that he's doing the acting again because he's a very talented actor, actually. He's very talented, so I'm glad he's back in the game doing that. Yeah. But Yeah. So you're doing a play now. What, what's it called? Is this, is this the same one, but it's like been adapted to English, yeah? Yeah, this is the same first play that we started, which is called, in English, it's called Maya, Just mm-hmm. an Ordinary Girl. Yeah. And we've got it in Spanish, in Basque, and in English. And then I've got, I'm performing in, in another two plays. One which is to do with the whole COVID situation, but from a very like, almost like making fun of this situation and like dealing with this, like the surrealism and the almost absurd situation that we are living, like that is quite like, yeah, we are like, what the fuck is going on? Like if we would have thought about this like two years ago, we wouldn't have like actually like imagined ourselves in this situation. That's the other one we are doing right now. Yeah, it deals with that situation. And the main characters are Juliet and Romeo, like from Shakespeare. It's obviously their love story that is stopped because of COVID, because they cannot kiss, they cannot have sex, they cannot yeah. do all of this. And it's really funny. Ad- having to adapt to the current climate. Yeah, but all without like big dramas, just like almost like, yeah. Just have to get on with it, I suppose, eh? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's really cool. Well, actually, I kind of interest as well, like we talked about at the start, but your, your TV presenting stuff, how, how did that come about? Like, I kind of touched on how that came about, but how is that going? Like, what, what sort of things have we been doing for that? Well, as I told you, that was the most random thing ever, but I discovered I actually, like, really, really enjoy it because this uh, last year, I actually, like, been, like, thinking, you know, why I like theatre and why I like the arts and I think what I like most about this is the connections between people yes absolutely that's what I'm I'm finding this too that's exactly what it is I loved in the podcast it's the, the main thing is the connection that you make with yeah. someone else it's amazing isn't it exactly yeah because and I think I came up to this conclusion now because of like COVID it's obviously like narrow in our possibilities to to connect like face to face and like yeah and I think like all the jobs that I'm doing currently like the job as an actress, like as you said, the job as the theatre presenter. And I'm also like an English teacher in like a business school because obviously like I need to pay bills. So Yeah, of course. <laughs> we, we all have to have a side hustle and a real job. Exactly, well, yeah. You know? So yeah, and all these jobs are jobs where I need to be face-to-face uh, with people, talking with people with like honesty. And yeah, and I think that's that's what I like the most about it. And, and the job as a presenter it's really cool because like I, I started by doing a program which was called Nafarrak Munduan because it's a Basque TV and it's about people that were from Navarra, from my region, but like uh, that lived abroad. So we were talking about how was their life abroad, like why did they go, what was the experience like, what was the place like. And it was really interesting. I started in summer and it was really cool because we would go to like where the person like lived and it was great. And but I would forget about the cameras completely. I would just be like talking to the person as like, I'm talking to you right now. Yeah, just of for, course. So, and it was really cool. And and then they offered me another one, another program, which is basically what we are doing now, talking to people in the creative industry and and, and seeing um, how it is for them, yeah, how they started, what they are currently doing and all these things. And I actually got a phone call just like five minutes ago and saying that they want to offer me like another little project. Oh, very exciting. That's amazing. But yeah, I told them I, I, I had like the interview with you, the podcast with you. So I, I was, I was going to call them later. But yeah, so it seems like uh, they are happy with me and, and yeah. 
Oh, that's very good to hear, mate. I'm, ha- I'm happy for you. But I think that's just really interesting to hear the, the, the word connection you said there. I just find that really interesting because I've been trying, obviously, so we've been doing this podcast now. I think we're three and a half months in. And it's insane because we'd actually recorded so many episodes. I was telling you this before we started, but I didn't expect us to be recording this many episodes because although we'd only put 18 out on the day of recording, we'd recorded about, this must be, I think this is the 25th one we'd recorded, which is crazy. Wow. And like, I didn't expect to ever do this. And I think what I love about it and what I realized why I love working in this industry is the exact same as you. I love the honest connection you get to have with people and speaking to people in, in different ways and it's like what you say, we're in such a time now where we're not getting those connections because we're locked in. And I think, although this is over Zoom and although this is a podcast, I feel, I forget I'm doing a podcast. I just feel like I'm genuinely connecting and chatting with someone. And it's exactly. honestly such a joy to do. And it makes me very happy. So cheers thanks. to that. Yeah, cheers, <laughs> cheers to that. Um, I know we've been speaking for, I think we've been speaking for like a good 50 minutes. So I'll try and speed oh, us wow. up. I know it's all it's great I don't mind at all I just got a few questions not a lot to talk about but one of our questions this is a really hard question as well so I'm sorry for this but like we sort of ask everyone what's the creative dream for you like what what's your dream job if you could in the arts I think we are too obsessed with a goal like a result and I think what I want to do is to enjoy the process. That is a brilliant, actually, because something we talk about a lot on the podcast is people get too hung up on the end goal. I just sort of mean the question to be sort of fun, just to get people, like to give people a sort of idea of what somebody might want to do. But you're absolutely bang on. And that's actually such a great way of answering that question. It is all about enjoying the journey because that's the funnest part. Like just seeing where it takes you, like what you say, like you didn't expect to be a TV presenter. So that that's such good fun, isn't it? Like, so that's a really good way of answering it. Yeah, I'm going, yeah, like following a, a path, like taking opportunities or rejecting opportunities if you are not uh, fancying them. But like uh, trying to actually enjoy and be present in everything you do, because sometimes like uh, when I started, because I'm quite a nervous person, no? so I would like, I was obsessed with like, okay, I need to do, take advantage of everything that comes and take everything just in case I lose an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then I would get to, to certain like days or certain like performances, like really tired. And then when I started actually saying like no to things and enjoying the moments when I was on a stage or when I was doing an interview and that, then that's when everything like made sense. And I was like, yeah, this is uh, what I should do. Like not get too obsessed on like, I need to, to take every opportunity in order to like make it or whatever. What do you think is making it? No, it's, it's so so it's so true and it's it's so important as well. And it's something I'm really, really trying hard to do now in this current time is just to be present and, and, and you know, enjoy them. Instead of measuring a day on how productive you've been, just actually enjoy the day because I'm really hard on myself. If I've not written a script or something, I'm like, that was a total waste of a day. Whereas like you're allowed to have a day to just watch TV and have fun. Like Definitely, yeah. So yeah, that's this very interesting. Just get a real well, Chasso, we ask everyone that comes on the podcast, like, what's the worst part-time job you'd had to work or, like, the worst job you'd ever had to do to sort of support your art and stuff? You don't have to name the company, though, don't worry. <laughs> the worst job I had to do. This was just, like, I, it wasn't even to support my art. It was, like, to... Just a was, job, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I got a part-time job before going to uni just to save up a little bit of money and have it for my expenses and that. I thought that I was getting hired to be an entertainer for this. It was like a summer camp thing where they had like animals and they had like, a, it was all in like, in like a house in the forest, yeah, with like animals and all connected with nature and all this kind of philosophy, yeah. There was a group of disabled people living there. 
But the people that, well, I got hired to be with an entertainer, no? And like through my art to kind of like, similar to like art therapy and all these things, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, I didn't end up doing that job. They actually hired me and they wanted me to be a carer for these people. Oh, yeah, I remember. I think you told me about this briefly. Yeah, and I didn't have skills. I was so young. I was 17 years old. I I had no clue, like no trainings whatsoever. And it was the worst experience of my life because Mm. obviously I wasn't prepared. And and they would give me like 16-hour shifts. And like, I remember once, like there was a, because they were like no young, they were old. Yeah. So like, and some of them had like, obviously like you would have to also like manipulate them in the sense of like put them to bed and stuff like that. Some wouldn't even talk. There was a guy that used to be like a striped jacket or how do you call it? Like like restrained. Yeah. Like it used to be. And like then in this therapy that he was in, they took it off, but like he was obsessed with having things in his hands and he had to always have his hands underneath his legs, yeah? And he would mm. only like take them out to eat, maybe take a spoonful and then put them back underneath his legs, yeah? So and he used to always grab and call, like keep lots of stuff in his hands. And if he would lose it, he would go mental. And one day, like I noticed that he dropped something yeah, and like he was going mental, like running about like almost a two meter high, like guy, so big, so strong. So I went running and grabbed this stuff to give it back to him. And as soon as he got it, he like slapped me like so hard on the face. Ah, Jesus. He, like he was, he had such a, like a nervous breakdown because he yeah. lost his thing. So, woof. And hard job. Like so young, so unprepared. Yeah, and I left it because nah. of course. Well, I mean, I as you know, I I work part time in care, and it's such a hard yeah. job. And I could not have done that at the age of seventeen. Like, no way. Not I struggle. I have hard days now. Like, care yeah. is such a hard job. I enjoy yeah. elements of it. It's rewarding, but no, I couldn't do that. So, fair play. That's a hard job to have. Yeah, yeah and a- you need to have like. I mean, you as a carer, you'll know that you. Like, all my respect, to be honest, like, you need to be, like, obviously, like, prepared, like, training, you need to have training, but also, like, you need to have, yeah, as you said, like, a 17-year-old kid cannot do that. Yeah, I have to have a lot of patience and, I think, a bit of life experience, to be honest. But, no, that's a good answer, anyway. Well, Achasso, yeah. thank you very, very much for giving us your time. It's been a real joy to catch up and speak to you. It's almost been like a catch-up as well as an interview, so that's good. I know. The last question we ask everyone on the podcast to sort of summarize is you'd been given, a, you'd actually given some great advice throughout, but if you could sort of summarize that, if if you were to give advice to maybe anyone at the start of their career or who's in the same position as us, just sort of like who wants to be an actor or who maybe just wants to work in the industry, like what would you say to them? Well, I, I'm, I'm not one to, to, to give advice because like I, I need advice, advice myself. But Of course, <laughs> no, but I think you have valid things to say and I think you're doing yourself yeah. a, disser- a disservice. So like I think you'd, you, it's okay for you to share your experience yeah I think an advice that I would give someone because I tell this to myself quite a lot is to like I said like not get too caught up on like I need to become this I need to become that like this is success this is not success like to be successful I need to do this to be successful I need to live here because I don't know like for example I always thought I had to be in a big city no to make it no like Lots of people think like, oh, you need to be in London or you need to be in Madrid or Barcelona or Paris or whatever, you know, to make it because you need to be where things are happening. But actually, like I'm living in a really small village, as I said, 600 people, 
but like I live through my window, I can see a mountain, you know, and I come out of my house and I go up the mountain and, and I love nature and I love yeah. being like so peaceful. I'm, on, I'm still working on the industry, you know? Of course. So I think sometimes we cannot just prioritize our creative dreams of, of, over everything. And now this sounds quite like crazy, but it's no, true. No, you're like, so true. It's like, you know, being creative is not the, your entire life. You don't get, you can't get all your happiness from your art and your job. It has to, you know, yeah. it's, it's part of a bigger system. Yeah, you need to find a balance because otherwise, if you get too obsessed, obviously, like you forget about your mental health, you forget about like your physical health, you forget about your friends, you forget about your family. Mm-hmm. And like, I think also with the arts is what happens is because it's a job where you don't get a stable salary as often or like yeah. there is a lot of like I don't know how you call it in, in English it's, a, it's a very economically insecure job to be honest yes economically very insecure no and also they, they pretend that because it's something that we love and we are passionate about they pretend that we would do things like for free or that we would do things like anyway no so since it is a hard job to uh, an industry to be in because you are expected to give you 100% all the time. You, you don't expect to have working hours and free time because you're expected to create in your free time and then work in your working hours and, and be almost constantly like available for work. You cannot forget about the rest of things that give you happiness. Absolutely. That's so important. And I don't actually think we'd so that's actually come up on the podcast before. So it's great to hear you say that, Jasso. And it's so true. Like, you know, and I don't actually think we talk about art and mental health enough in, in uni and stuff. Like when we did our degrees, I don't think we're the way we teach art. And, you know, we need to become better at explaining how like mental health is linked to art and how to like be kind to yourself as a creator, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, as I said, no, no, don't pressure yourself too much. Don't be like that harsh on yourself. And try to find a balance and first it comes you and then it comes your art and obviously yeah. like your art is linked to you but like you need to take care of yourself to after be creative as well yeah because if you don't take care of yourself you're you're not going to make things that are as good either your art will suffer so absolutely exactly yeah. well i think you'd shared some amazing insights with us and yeah it's been it's been a real blast actually so thank you very much ajasso thank you jamie yeah you've been great Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Just Get A Real Job. I'd like to thank my guest, Achasa, once again for coming on Enchanters. Really enjoyed our conversation. Remember, as always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends and family to listen. Please share the podcast on social media. Text a friend to listen. All that stuff goes a long, long way in growing the podcast. If you also can afford to donate to our Patreon page, there's a link to that in the show notes of the podcast. All the money goes back into making the podcast, making it better, improving and growing. And we give 10% to a different creative charity every month. So if you can afford to donate to that, we would be very, very grateful for that. But anyway, thank you for listening. Appreciate all the support. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Just Get A Real Job. Stay safe, folks. Just get a real job.